Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio.
Divas Radio Show. It's the Angry Divas Radio Show. Well, thanks for tuning in to the Angry Divas Radio Show. The Angry Divas airs live on It's the Angry Divas, the Angry Divas Radio Show. It's the Angry Divas Radio Show. Well, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Angry Divas Radio Show. The Angry Divas airs live on blogtalkradio.com weekdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out our website at www.angrydivas.com. That's spelled B-E-V-A-A-S-S. Get it right, folks? This has been, been, been another Big Bitch House production. The Angry Divas, the Angry Divas, the Angry Divas Radio Show. It's the Angry Divas Radio Show. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Angry Divas Radio Show. The Angry Divas airs live on blogtalkradio.com. It's the Angry Divas, the Angry Divas Radio Show. It's the Angry Divas Radio Show. Well, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Angry Divas Radio Show. The Angry Divas. Air- it's the angry diva of the angry, angry, angry. It's the angry diva of the angry, angry, angry. It's the angry diva of the angry, angry, angry. It's the angry diva of the angry, angry, angry. It's the angry diva of the angry divas radio show on blogtalkradio.com. So what you gonna do? It's the angry divas radio show with Triple Dark Goddess as the host. Airing live weekdays on Blog Talk Radio at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check out our website at www.angrydivas.com. This has been another Big House production. The angry diva. It's the angry diva of the angry, angry, angry. Of the angry, angry, angry.
All right, everybody. Peace. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. I totally appreciate it. Peace to everybody on the call line and people coming on in and through. We are going to spin a couple of more tunes. I'm going to probably go until, you know, about 4.30 um, with the music, and then we will come on in with our discussion. We are going to talk about body image, and encompassing body image, I'm also going to talk about body bodily autonomy and the right to define things for ourselves. So this song is dedicated to all the women listening, and to everyone who is going to catch it on the archive, um, I totally appreciate you listening, and this is for you.
know Philip Bailey, but I promise you, if I could bylow the way that that man bylows, I would do it. Um, you know, I have a nice alto and a falsetto soprano that I can uh, modulate when I need to, but uh, that man got some pipes on him. Peace to everybody in the chat room. My apologies on those uh, the little issues, the little malfunctions, okay? <laughs> Peace to commanders in the building, and we got Queen Obama, Alabama. Y'all know I love you. I got all kind of love. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I had sound issues earlier today, and uh, it, it sort of threw off the whole show. And now I'm looking at the soundboard, and I'm like, um, where is all my song? Things are out of order. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like, I can't even find the applause track. I don't know what my laugh track is. <laughs> so you just go hear me laugh. It's the, <laughs> it's the last track. But I will be extremely happy, honest to freaking God, when Mercury goes back direct. Oh, I found it. Yes, good. (laughs) (laughs) That shit is wild, is it not? (laughs) I mean, I have a complaint, but it's not even like it's a serious one. You know, it's just kind of like, this is what it is, and I'm going to make it do what it do, like only I can. Um, and so I had <laughs> I had another uh, song I wanted to spin before we got on into the topic. Um, I decided to dedicate this show. I usually do, um, you know, Angry Divas at 12, and then we do After Dark with Triple Dark, and I do that at like 6 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But it's the holiday, and I was like, people going to be, you know, people going to want to hear this shit, you know? Like, do I want to hear this shit? Do I want to do this? <laughs> you know? I want to do this. And so um, in the midst of all of that confusion, I tried to upload a song to the um, soundboard that was like a snippet of a previous Throwback Thursday so I could kind of like play that and then talk and then do. And it ended up just kind of like cutting the sound, and then I couldn't come back in. And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, this is for a reason. I'm going to trust it. See, I've learned over time that, yes, indeed, everything happens for a reason. And some of the things that we think are opposition or negative things or bad things, they're actually for our good. It hurt, but for a little while. But when you, you know, when I got over my little attitude about why the fuck I can't do my show that I scheduled at 12 fucking o'clock, ah! <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Queenie Farmer. We got Queenie Farmer, the truth seeker, the truth terrorist in the building. And Dunno Yes is also known as the commander. So when you hear me say we got the commander in the building, that's who I'm All right. But, yeah, anyway, after I got over my little attitude about not being able to do my show like I scheduled and I wanted to do, I figured everything happens for a reason. Now let us go ask some questions, quest I on, right? And questions that will help us to understand why the fuck this happens. You know, because usually for me, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, when I get upset or frustrated about something, it's for one reason. I do not understand. And a lack of clarity and a lack of understanding pisses me the fuck off. I don't function in that shit. I don't function in confusion. If I can't understand you, you know, like maybe it's just not for me. And I need to go away from myself and chew on that shit, stew on it, and figure it out, you know? 
That's just how I see it. Yeah, so I did that today, and I figured, well, I got to do a show. I got nothing on the whole day. Let me make sure that I do something. So here we are, and we're going to talk about body image. And um, today was kind of a scary day for me in a sense. Only, not scary is the wrong word. You know, I really hate this fucking language. Let me get an idea that's better. It was a chaotic day. There it is. That's better. It was chaotic. And I like chaos. I told you all I play with chaos. So I do some of these things on and with purpose because I have to push myself. And also I know that it's something I'm supposed to be doing. So even if it makes me feel uncomfortable, like being on the radio, do you think that this shit made me feel great from the beginning? No. (laughs) Okay. No. From the very side very first day, I was super nervous. You just didn't know because I have figured out over time how to take that ball of nerves and turn it into something I can feed on so I push it out instead of let it stop me. And I did that at first doing spoken word. My first spoken word piece, I was a freshman in high school. I was the new kid in the school. I had been there for like a week. I transferred. So, you know, you can imagine. You're the new kid. You transferred in. Everybody's already got their little friend clicks, and they've all, you know, joined off or whatever, and nobody knows you. I knew one person. My best friend actually went to the school that I transferred into. So that was kind of cool. We ended up being in the same class and everything. That was great. Um, but she had her little clique of friends, and I wasn't trying to be a joiner. I'm not a joiner. I do my thing. And if you join me, that's fine, but I don't join, you know? That's just me. However it rocks for you, it rocks for you. But for me, I rocked the party, okay? Um, So I had to figure that whole thing out, and I wanted to do a poem, and I was just starting to actually share my writings with other people. I've always written. I've not always felt comfortable to share. So that was a big thing for me as a teen, about 15, right? So I get up, and I'm standing in the assembly. And, you know, my school, I mean, it was a whole lot of people, but it was like 200 of us, okay? It wasn't that bad. But it was the biggest arena at that point that I had ever spoken in front of. 200 people. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And so I'm standing there at the podium and I've got this thing printed out. I mean, I pretty much got it imprinted on my soul (laughs) because I wanted to know it so I could do it without, you know, issue or anything, messing up. And I had a flow and a cadence. You know, spoken word is all about that. You got to have something with it. You know, it was the first form of rap. Anywho, I'm standing there, and the poem is called, Who the Hell Do You Think You Are? Oh, shit, I'm going to find it and read it. Yep, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that shit for the vine. I'm going to do that shit for the vine. Yes, I am, okay? I'm going to play this song while I find that motherfucker, and we're going to come back in a minute. No hay nadie más que yo Uno es el número mágico En vida y en muerte Uno es todo ¿Comprende? If I multiply two
I absolutely love that friggin' song. I made it my anthem. That's my bitch anthem, okay? When I get ready and I'm about to put on my makeup, every day that I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I play that song right there. Sure do. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Now, um, when we broke, it was because I was going to get my poem, and I have it. But first, I would like to recap some of the stuff we was vibing about in the uh, chat room here. Uh, You know, the commander asked who was singing the song, and I said that that was Jilly from Phyllis. Jill Stotts, one is the magic number. And um, so we got to talking about Philly cheesesteaks, you know, because I can't not talk about food. (laughs) I can't do that. I'm always thinking about food. And you would think that I eat ridiculously, but I don't. I eat like a bird or a squirrel, you know. More often than not, and it's so messed up, I wake up sometimes, like I done woke up in the middle of the night, I'm up, I'm watching whatever the hell I'm watching, and I'm munching on a handful of raw cashews, and I wake up and there's like cashews all around me. You know, some ridiculous shit like that. And I just sweep out the bed and sweep up and, you know, refresh the covers and all that stuff. But, ooh, we good food? Oh, baby, I am a foodie. I'm a flexitarian. I have times where I go off meat and get back on meat. You know, I I just kind of do that. But when I do eat meat, it's got to be good. So we're talking about Philly cheesesteaks, right? And not to offend anybody from the city of brotherly love, but I've been, and it ain't all that. It ain't all that. And you know what's fucked up? I had people who was from Philly that took me around Philly to the so-called hottest spots and the bestest food and the world's famous steak and cheese. And the steak and cheese, the Philly cheesesteak, excuse me, it's not a steak and cheese in Philly. It's a steak and cheese in Boston. Okay. Yeah. I think it was um I think it was Gino's that I went to, Commander. It was all mushrooms and no steak. If I wanted a mushroom and cheese, I'd have ordered it. So put a little bit of mushrooms and onions and peppers on it. It was like mad raw onions and I have a thing against raw onions. I don't know. I like onions but cook the motherfucker. Okay, cook it. <laughs> the end of my rant for Philly. Uh, well, not Philly, but Philly cheesesteaks. All right. And um, just on the off chance that you might have forgot what show you was listening to. Because, you know, sometimes we do. Let me favorite one. 
Bye, none. That's my favorite one. All right. So we broke because I wanted to go get this poem. And then we went off on Philly cheesesteak or Philly. I said it right. Yeah, Philly cheesesteak and all that. But, um, you know, I have it ready. And I wrote this as a freshman in high school. And keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. The poem is called, Who Do You Think You Are? <laughs> now, picture Triple Dark is 15 years old, all right? We are talking about the year 2001. <laughs> oh, my God, terrible. Okay, let's get into it. Hey, girlfriend, who do you think you are with that beautiful face and those curves that catch eyes from afar? And, oh, my sister, who do you think you be with your charming voice trying to set the captives free? Girl, what do you think you're trying to do? Telling the sisters to love themselves, not to rely on you-know-who. Why do you walk with your head held high? What you got to be so proud of? You're no better than I. Who are you to demand respect? Because when I try that, I get reject. What makes you so different from me? You don't have a car, ain't rocking no jewelry. Always telling the sisters to keep their legs closed. Do you know how good it feels? Oh, I don't think so. What does a virgin know anyway? You couldn't possibly understand that sometimes that's the best way to keep your man. So who do you think you are? And the response goes, who do I think I am? (laughs) Who do I think I am? Well, I am the daughter of the everlasting lover. Why do I walk proud? I got nothing to cover. Who am I to demand respect? If you give respect, you deserve respect, so come correct. How is it that I'm no better than you, saying that makes you look low and it makes you look jealous too? I'm sick and tired of y'all girls always on my back because I'm intelligent and attractive. Honey, cut me some slack. There's more to attraction than short skirts and a full breast. You look and feel much better if you're fully dressed. This image you have of beauty really makes me sick. Try carrying yourselves like a lady, not miss hit this quick. As for sex feeling good, I guess this must be true. But some of y'all girls don't know what's good for you. Just because it feels good doesn't mean it's okay. The one you put out to might give you something that stays. If having sex is the only way to keep them in your hand, let them go. Be smart, baby. Find you a man. The answer to your question really wasn't that hard. Now tell me, baby, who the hell do you think you are? Clap. <laughs> Okay, now, and I have pulled that from, you know, some of the things that I had heard, and, you know, like I said, I was a transfer kid, and I was kind of self-conscious, but, you know, I'm standing there with this in my hand to say, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, they're going to hate me, they're going to hate me, they're going to fucking hate me, and then I'm going to be ridiculed even worse, they already hate me because I'm new, and I think I know everything, and nobody can tell me nothing, and they all say this shit about me, and I'm calling them the fuck out, they're going to hate me. And I'm going to tell you, I became hailed as the Fenway poet. I sure did. And to this day, when I see them motherfuckers, they be like, hey, what up, bro? <laughs> okay? Now, it's just, it's just so funny to me. This, is, this goes into body image. See, we hear body image and we think about the tangibility, the, you know, I got under thighs and a little bat wing and I might have a Hershey kiss belly that I could tone up a little bit more, you know, shit like that. <laughs> you know? 
tell you, this is also a part of body image. Also, the other thing, the chaotic thing that happened to me today, where I played a little bit with some energy, I decided to go ahead and tell my story and go forth with actually helping women in healing from rape. It was very difficult for me um, because when I tried to come forward um, before with the story, with what happened, I shouldn't say the story um, because that makes it sound like some ridiculous shit that it's not. When I tried to come forward before with what happened and tell everybody what happened and share it, because this is someone that everyone called respectful, it wasn't um, received and I was shunned and I was told to be a liar and dark and evil and negative and, you know, the people who were supposed to be healers were actually herders. And it made me kind of, not made me, I chose as a response to it, like any sensible person would do, to kind of pull back, shrink a little bit more. And then I did all of this work uh, to get myself healed, many different forms of it. And, you know, this is something that I teach on, so I won't go all into it here. But after that, and because, because of that, I can sit here today and I can talk about this and I can write about it and I can put it out there and I can say one year ago I was raped and I am all right today. It wasn't easy. It was not easy by any stretch of the fucking imagination. It took everything I had, everything I am, and many, many, many different women, as many women as there were that were heinous and horrible and dick-worshipping, there were women who were real gods stood for the womb and reflected that back to me and gave me that strength to be here today, standing for the womb and defending her against all enemies and to help women remember who they are. So I did want to come in today, and I wanted to talk about body image, and I wanted to talk about the many different ways and forms in this culture that women are taught to look at themselves in a negative light or view something is wrong with themselves or play themselves smaller, you know, the rebuffing that you get when you're raw, all of these things, things that happen, things that are governing your life right now today might be because of something that happened when you were five, when you were 10, when you were 14. I told you I've got a little bit more confidence in my voice because of something I did at 15, that poem, that first time that I stood there with that podium with that nervous energy in me, and I chose to feed on it and push it out instead of let it make me small. Something I did at 14 is keeping me going today. It's still helping me. It's still governing my life. And if it can be true in the positive, I know it can be true in the negative as well. Something I know intimately well is that there is medicine and poison in everything. You know, Queenie Fama and I were rapping before the show, and I, I love this lady, y'all. I just love Queenie Fama. I just love her. And we were talking about having flat feet, all right? Now, first and foremost, shout out to all my flat foot divas. <laughs> okay? Shout out to the flat foot. Okay? Now, that is a tribal maca, by the way. Okay? Blackfoot tribe. Blackfoot woo-woo. <laughs> okay? I'm serious. I'm serious, and I'll tell you what, Queen, look at your feet. And I bet you on the bottom of your left foot you got a birthmark. If I'm wrong, I will admit to it. Look at the bottom of your foot for me, and you tell me if you got a birthmark on your foot, somewhere on your foot, on the left one. 
Usually it's the left. It might be the right, but that's rare. But usually it's the left of us, okay? And so Queen and I are talking about our feet anyway. Let me get out of let me get out of chat room. Hey, peace to everybody in the chat room, by the way. We got a guest. We've got Let's Chat who helped to inspire today for our chat. Before I conclude that other thought about the feet, um, I would like to say to to my sister friend, Let's Chat, I really appreciate you coming through and thank you so much for your broadcast yesterday. It made it all the more real for me that women really do need to look at ourselves in a divine light. And one of the reasons that we don't is because we don't know things like that. Like, I know that because it's a Blackfoot tribal marker. And I know I've got Blackfoot Native American ancestry in my family. See, some of the things, our body shapes, you know, the way that some of our faces are shaped, the space between your eyes, these are tribal things. These are remembrances of who you are. You know, so I've got this one sister, she says to me, talking about body image oh my god i i'm you know a body scanner she a body scanner says all right come on we get we get to get and i tell her she needs more bitters and, and i start to taste it oh my jaw got locked real tight doing that shamanic work ain't no joke and um, i said do you tamarind and she started to laugh she goes not since i was a child i said well you need more of it okay and she says i've been trying this and that and the other thing i'm trying to lose weight i says honey you don't have weight to lose. You're a very strong woman. You're very muscular. Just because your body doesn't take the shape you think it should doesn't mean you're not muscle. And I told her, I've got this neighbor. Oh, she's so sweet. My neighbor's daughter, she's a gymnast, okay? And she says she's trying to lose weight. She's trying to lose weight, so she's working out. And I said, girl, you crazy out your mind. She says, yeah, well, the scale keeps going up. I says, duh, did you know that muscle weighs more than fat? Here's another thing I'm not trying to do the whole What I am saying is we are not all meant to carry weight. That BMI shit is great, but it is. No, actually, I'm not sorry. Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> it's racist. It's classist. It's sexist. It's not inherently good for anybody, okay? So it's a good standard, I guess, if you do fit within those categories. But we are not all one. You can't take a universal measure and say that everybody who falls outside of it is fucked up. That's what's wrong with us now. So, you know, I just wanted to say that I was really thankful for the women who came through on, on um, Let's Chat last night and talked about, um, you know, body image and talked about weight and, you know, where this whole thing comes from. We talked about the root of some of these things. You know, for me, it was, you know, my mama. Sorry, mama, but it was mama. <laughs> you know? Like I said earlier, something that happened to you in your past is governing you today, you know, and there's medicine and poison in that. But back to this thing with the feet. Queenie Fama and I are talking about our feet, and she starts saying, oh, girl, I can't wear shoes. And I tell her about this uh, shoemaker. I ain't telling y'all because if you, if you mother lovers start wearing the shoes, I'm going to have to kill somebody. <laughs> we can't have that. <laughs> we cannot have that. But anyway, I was telling her about this shoemaker I know, and, um, you know, handmade shoes, genuine leather, I mean, natural, good shit. And so, um, you know, I told her all about it. She goes, I can't wear those shoes because the shape of my foot and this and that. And I didn't get to share with the queen that you can tell the shoemaker the shape that you, this is a handmade shoe crafted for your foot, okay? This is not like I went to the store and bought some shit that was made for everybody, one size fits all, okay? But anyway... We get to wrap in, and she starts to talk about the shape of her foot, and she says she's got flat feet, she's got no arch, no instep, and I start to chuckle. I said, Queen, stop. I'm going to finish telling you about your foot. 
I said, and you got long toes and you got long, narrow feet, but it's kind of wide in the toe area. She laughed hysterically. <laughs> she laughed hysterically, okay? And the wonderful thing about it is that's my foot. So I started to say to her, you know, and I don't have bunions or anything, and she said that to us, but sometimes I do develop a callus on the edge of my big toe. And she laughed harder. And she says, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I said, yeah, man, this is just, this is what it is because our, these shoes are not made for our feet. So they rub our feet in ways and, you know, this is one size fits all. It doesn't work. But then it's got you looking at yourself or your feet like something's wrong with you. You know, Queen, I'm going to tell on you. Sorry, baby. Queen said, oh, I got ugly feet. No, Queen, your feet are beautiful. Your feet are beautiful. And now, listen, I know we're talking about body image, but everybody has that case where they were at the nail shop and you saw some stuff in the bucket next to you that you were like, thank you, Jesus. I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Okay? Sometimes I think in a playful sense, it's okay for you to look at something and be like, whatever I thought was wrong with me. You know, I did that this morning. I posted this video. There's this guy who stuffed like a six-pack of socks in some tidy whities greased himself up in Vaseline, and danced like a fool in front of a camera in a mirror, okay? Then at the, after the song breaks, he gets to doing push-ups. It's on my page. I'll put it on the Angry Divas page again. I think it's on there as well. And so I said, rise and shine. This is your morning dose of fuckery. Whatever you think is wrong with you, at least you're not him. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect. I think sometimes we do need those examples. But anyway, when it comes to body image, um, there are things that we don't know about ourselves. There are things that have been hidden from us, hidden in plain sight, and it causes us to look at ourselves in a negative way. And I, I blame what I call propaganda, what everybody else calls media. These images are propaganda to get you to want to buy, to look like something else, someone else, be someone else, you know, which is horribly debilitating to your self-confidence. And I speak on this from personal friggin' experience, you know. I, on a normal day, feel that I am God personified and look like God personified and try to embody that attitude and energy about myself. And then you have a moment where, I don't know, well, for me, here's what it is. It's a beer and two slices of pizza. All right? <laughs> it's a beer and two slices of friggin' pizza, and then I look at that gut in the mirror, and I'm like, ooh, that hurts your kiss. It's starting to look a little roll, baby, jelly roll. Um, mm. And then I start to judging myself. And you know why I'm judging myself? You know why? Because we have been robbed of our divine birthright of pleasure. And so whenever we have a moment of pleasure, there is like some innate little negative fucking committee that meets in your head annually, daily, hourly, depends on what it is for you, and just says dumb shit to you that you think is your own thoughts. You need to fire that committee and replace those people with a board that will approve. You really do. So instead, after I have my beer and two slices of pizza, when I look in the mirror and see that gut, I rub it. I start rubbing that motherfucker. Then I'll go get my pair of waist beads 
and dress it up all nice, put some bells on my hips and dance around, shake my ass, you know? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes, I do. You know why? I had to begin developing practices and rituals that will replace those old negative programs, that negative self-image and negative self-chatter, you know, which is really not mine. It's stuff that someone else criticized in me who was probably insecure about something about themselves anyway. And, you know, more often than not, now think about it. Whatever you think hot is, right, if you think you ain't it, whatever you think hot is, was it the hot people who made fun of you or was it somebody who looked worse than you judging you about how you look because they felt some kind of way? Let's just be honest here, you know. Cast no judgment, but let's just call a spade a spade. More often than not, when people say something negative about you, that shit that lasts with you, they said it from a position of vitriol. It was not for you. It was at you. There's a difference between at you and for you. And I had to teach myself to learn that. Just because they say it and you might have thought it before does not mean it's true or your truth. You don't have to receive a darn gift if you don't want to, even on your birthday, baby. Even on your birthday, you know? So when we begin to look at ourselves as divine beings, and this is difficult, you know? I mean, I shared this with Let's Chat and crew yesterday, and I said, you know, one of the things that I did, especially when I came into any goddess gnosis, it became extremely important to me that I remember that I am the physical embodiment of these goddesses. I am her physical representation. I had to remember that. Now, if that's your remembrance, grab it, run, take the pearl and run with it. If not, hey, peace be your journey. But we're going to go on. After I did that, I started, when I got up to brush my teeth, you know, you get up, you take your daily constitution, you wipe the crud out your eyes, you start brushing your teeth and doing all that. So by the time I got to brushing my teeth, I would, you know, before I put the toothbrush in my mouth, look in the mirror and say, I am God. I am divine. First time I did it, I laughed. I mean, I giggled ridiculously. <laughs> I giggled. I giggled, okay? I did because it felt so weird and blasphemous and all this, and I said, oh, whatever. At first I was like, what if this is wrong? What if, what if I'm not God? What if I'm wrong? And I said, well, what if I'm right? What if I'm actually friggin' right? What if this works? What if it changes something? Let's try, you know? That what if, it can either hurt or help, all right? So that became, well, I wonder what color God feels like wearing today. You know, I was actually on the phone with one of my friends. I'm getting dressed to go do, I don't know what the hell, whatever. And I said it out loud. And she goes, what? Did you just address yourself as God? And I said, yeah, I did. I wonder what color God feels like wearing today. I, I thought to think it out loud so that I could hear something back, you know. And she laughed hysterically. And she was like, you're serious? I was like, yeah, I'm serious. You know what? God feels like gold today. We're going to do gold and red. Yep. That's what color God is feeling like today. And she just was like, you are crazy. I said, I'm crazy like a fucking fox. Mm-hmm. Crazy like a fox. See, people don't even mean to do something harmful, but that right there, had I not already run that program on myself, I might have been on her program that I, it was crazy and let it go, you know? But by then, baby, ah, shit. Unshakable face. 
know? And she did not think highly of herself, so me thinking highly of myself meant that then she was going to call me egotistical and arrogant, and eventually, because I was so-called friends with her, I did listen to those things, and then I started to play myself small. And it was miserable. And then I got rid of her, and now I'm better. (laughs) You know? We have got to learn to get rid of the things that offend our souls. You have a right to do that. I mean, you know, my mama told me like this. I didn't give birth to you to be nobody's punching bag, not verbally, not physically. You don't take no licks. Now, you know, she, of course, did not mean her belt, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) She ain't mean her belt, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But she, she told me that I did not give birth to you to be anybody's punching bag. And so when I meet these people and, you know, my, my haughtiness offends them, and they become beset with gloom because I dance like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Oh, well, and still I rise, baby. Yep. Peace be your journey. I will not consent anymore to any single person, place, or thing that offends my soul. I don't do it anymore. I don't care who you are. My own mama's not exempt. I don't care who you are. It became more important to me to not permit myself to be offended and offensive by the environment that I had submerged myself into. When I started running the I Am God program, yeah, okay, it's a vain pursuit at first. But it begins to become vain in the sense like, you know, the veins in your body that carry your lifeblood. And without them, what would you do or be? You need them. They're one of the single most vital parts of you outside of your epidermis. You need your veins. Don't let them bespell you that vain is a bad thing when it's the very thing that carries your lifeblood. So I started saying things like, Vanity is our salvation. Let's look in the mirror. Let's get to know who we are. Let's take an honest look at who we are. Let's be real. Okay, um, I'm starting to see a little thickness in the chin area. I don't like that. I can be honest about that. Maybe I could drink some water and lemon more. I'll drink more water. I'll cut back on red meat for a while because I'm getting bloated. Maybe I don't go to the chicken joint because I'm, it's probably hormone chicken anyway. You know, <laughs> maybe I don't go out to eat. Maybe instead I'll have a smoothie for, you know, a snack. Maybe I'll supplement Cheez-Its with um, raw cashews. And I started to make different changes in my life. And I did it not because I wanted to lose a bunch of weight, but because I just wanted to feel good about myself. Now, something else that I can honestly share with you, a lot of us are empathic. We're very spiritually sensitive, gifted people. I have noticed that I put on weight when I am not doing my grounding work, my centering work, when I'm not taking care of myself spiritually, when I'm not, you know, doing my meditations and my mantras, my chants, whatever, doing my my morning rituals, all of the things that I do that make me happy, that make me centered. When I'm out of practice of that, ooh, talk about being bloated because you've got to protect yourself some some sort of way. If you do any um, looking up of this, I'll see if I can find a great article on it so that you can have some more information at your disposal. But this is something that I have noticed in myself and other empaths that I've worked with. 
that we will put on weight. And some of the weight that we're holding is emotional, and um, some of it is for a reason. And once you work through those issues, you know, I had um, – when I began working through the issue of rape, I noticed a lot of my midsection, the weight in my midsection just began to melt away. I didn't do nothing. I don't do sit-ups and crunches, boo. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't do it. So I just, once I began to do that work spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, I began to notice some differences in my body as well. So that's just something that I wanted to share with women also, um, that there is a spiritual physical, mental, emotional reason. You are all. You are the divine. We need to remember who we are. We are that divine goddess. The goddess is not something out there. Just like, you know, we we got away from patriarchal religion and patriarchal male-dominant focus. We need to remember that the goddess is not out there. She's in you. The God is not out there. It's in you. And when you remember that you are divine, you are that divine, revolving God being on your own, you will emit such a great energy out of yourself, and you will feel good. You'll also draw a sick predatory fuck, so watch out. (laughs) Watch out, okay? Gotta watch that. But, yes, it's, it's very important that you do that work, that you get in touch with that part of yourself. It's just something so healing about it. It's something so freeing about it. Um, and every woman deserves it. Every woman's going to come into that her own way. But um, what I started doing, everything about myself, like I had someone say to me, um, you know, I've been four eyes since I was in fourth grade. And so I had this one sister say to me, um, because I had done my eye makeup up and took pictures and put it on Facebook, and I got all these, oh, girl, I love how you did your eyes. So she calls me, right, little snake-in-the-grass bitch, and she says to me, you've got really small eyes. Oh, it's probably from years of wearing glasses. She says three more things, and then she hangs up, right? And I immediately begin thinking, oh, wow, my eyes are smaller. I never thought about it like that before. I never saw it that way before. And I started to feel a little down, like, oh, man, all these years of wearing glasses have made my eyes small. Aw, up until that bitch said it to me. I had never thought like that before. But as soon as she called me just to say that, because I guess she just couldn't stand, you know, the sister saying, oh, I love how you did your eyes. That's so pretty. How did you line it like that? Because I did a little wajit on them, you know. And um, I don't even know how I did it. I just took the liquid liner and just whoop, whoop, (laughs) you know, and it worked. I've tried to do it since. It sucks. But anyway, I was in a flow. I did it, and I took the picture, and I guess she just couldn't stand it because she called me and made the comment about my eyes. And up until that point, I had not been thinking of myself in that way, but I immediately began to feel bad. And I said to myself, wait a minute, we're an empath. Somebody just dumped some energy on you, and you're going to carry that bag. Get that bitch back her bag. Now I went and looked at um I went and looked at her profile image and I saw the picture of her eyes and I saw how she opens her eyes really wide to try to make her eyes look like they're big and bright. And I says, Oh, she's got tiny eyes and feels some kind of way, so she decided instead of carrying her bag, she was gonna dump it on me. Oh no. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. No, I'm not going to let that happen. 
So, you know, the next time that we spoke, I said to her, <laughs> yeah, you got to fight fucking fire with fire. You cannot play with these people. I said to her, it was like maybe uh, later that day, hey, sis, you know, I was thinking about what you said about my eyes. And then I looked at your profile picture, and I've got some great pointers, so thank you. And she goes, oh, what do you mean? I says, well, you know how you open your eyes really wide to try to make them look bigger? I think I'm going to start doing that in my pictures. Well, I got to go. I'm about to go cook dinner. You have a great day. I gave her bag back. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. I gave her back her bag. You're not going to come dump your insecurities in my lap and make me carry it for you. You can take your bag back. Excuse me. Return this gift to sender. Thank you so much, Mr. Postman. We didn't mean to get that one. Sometimes you got to do that. You know, I saw this really great quote. I felt like a bitch afterwards. I ain't going to lie. I did. I felt like a bitch, a real bitch. And whatever, I am the bitch goddess. This is a bitch house production. Yes. But, you know, I, I wasn't standing firm on it at the time. You know, I was kind of wavering a little bit. I, I cared about other people's feelings who didn't care about mine still. Stupid, right? I got over it. Um, and I'm still getting over it. But uh, I read this quote from the Buddha where there was someone who was walking up behind him and they were shouting all kinds of crap and offending him and insulting him and he didn't respond and he didn't respond and all the people around him were like, man, why didn't you say nothing? You should have said something back. And he says to them, listen, if someone gives you a gift and you don't want to receive it, what happens? And the guy says to him, well, it remains with them. And he looked at him and he says, Exactly. Yeah, you got to return the gifts to sender. You don't have to receive any package you don't want. And if you did take the package and you opened the box and you didn't like it, you can still return that motherfucker. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you really can. And I do. I do. You know, um, I try to tell my sister friends, do not call my phone with crazy. Don't call me with dicks you can't control problems. I don't do that. I'm not in this for you and your penis. If you can't control it, what the hell am I supposed to do? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, and you don't want to hear what I have to say about it because I'm the solutions goddess, okay? I am not the commiseration goddess. I'm the crossroads keeper. When you're ready to make another choice, that's when you come to me. But for all that commiseration shit, I'm not that goddess. You don't call me for that. I'm not the emotive one. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not terribly emotional that way, okay? Um, and, and I've been called all kinds of cold and this and that. No, I don't think that we should have to waste our time on some of this shit. You got friends you can call with that. Call them. Now, when you're ready to be lifted up, call me, okay? I can't give you my private line, though, because you'll be calling me all the time. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> It's a shame when you make your own self laugh. But um, <laughs> that's a shout-out to Gerald LeVert. I don't know if you remember that song, but when they come back in my head, I quote them. Um, it was called Private Line. And damn, I wish it was in the soundboard. <laughs> damn! <laughs> damn, damn, damn! But, yeah, you have to be a very good steward. That's biblical now. Ain't all of it lies. That's one of the greatest books of sorcery ever. And if you know how to decode and get those gems and pearls and use them for yourself and discard the crap, because there's a lot of crap in with the truth, um, you know, you'll, you'll be doing better. But one of the things that I remember is 
we are supposed to be a good steward over all that God has given to us. And so if I be God in and of my life, and then everything that happens and comes to me is a, is a result of my manifestation, it is a manifestation of my intent, of my work, of my effort, of my energy, whether it be good or bad, I made this thing manifest. If it is a blessed thing, what else did the Bible say? A clean thing cannot touch an unclean thing and remain clean, right? So if I have been blessed for me and mine, if I pray the prayer of Jabez, and I pray that my territory be enlarged and my coast be increased, and then I bring unworthy crap around me, whose fault is it? When the funk hits the fan, and I've got a dead caucus in my house, and I knew this thing was dead, but I didn't drag its dead body out. I let it stay here, decompose, and funk. And now I'm offended in the nostril. That is my fault. Now I've got to clean up this dead, decaying mess and get it out of here and hopefully get some potpourri in this bitch. You know? That's life. That's life. It's all our responsibility. I cannot allow someone to come and lay dead things in me, whether that's mind, body, spirit, or a physical thing walked in my home with dead energy, stagnant, kinetic versus kinetic, stagnant, static energy versus kinetic. I have to be a good steward over all that God has made manifest for me. Chipper disposition, whatever business I'm building, the platform that I build, the group of friends that I build, I'm not going to bring just any old body in and around them. I know these broads are worth more than that, you know? All of it. These are the things that I have learned by making a whole lot of dummy moves and losing a lot of really good shit, you know, things I wanted real bad. Not as bad, but, you know, damn, who wants to climb back up the mountain? Once you get up there, realize that there's somebody grabbing at your heels, and if you're not ready, you will get snatched down. And some of the ways that this happens is we make excuses for the people around us who say negative things. We try to make it fit within a certain framework and method of understanding. We don't want to believe that what they're doing and saying is negatively intended. Part of the reason is we're projecting our goodness onto assholes. I'm just going to call it like it is. You've got a good heart, and you can't see how somebody could be so jacked up. So you won't see it. I had someone point that out to me. Well, I had this crazy roommate, y'all. Y'all ever seen that movie, Single White Female? It was that, but we was black. Mm -hmm. Mhm. Mhm. And so I go to work, and I'm talking to my girl, and I well, I say my girl, but we worked together. We was workmates, right? But we was real cool. And I says, "Oh my God, why would she do this? Like this is just the most insane shit I've ever experienced. I don't even know what she's jealous of. I don't even have shit. Like we live in the same house together. What do I got that you don't got? I don't understand." And she said to me, she grabbed me, she grabbed my hands, and snatched me. She said, "Listen." You can't understand crazy with a sane mind. Now stop driving yourself to the point of crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was the, <laughs> I just actually busted out laughing in her face because she was right. She was right. I was trying to apply my way of thinking to understanding some shit that was outside of myself. It's never going to work. It's unfortunate, but it's never going to work. 
you have to understand that there are just some things out here, some people out here who are just beyond reparation, you know, um, reprobate-minded people, and you can't make sense of it. It's not for you to make sense of it. It's for you to realize that you have one true, real responsibility on this planet, and actually it is the first and highest law of nature, self-preservation. The first law of nature is self-preservation. I cannot preserve myself if I am looking out for everything and body else first. I say this a lot, and I mean it because I live it. Out of self comes all else. So if I'm all right, then I'm going to make sure that everybody else is all right. But if I'm not all right, how can I make sure everybody else is all right? See, I've got to be solid and firm first. You know, I saw this really great gift. It was a meme, and it's two dudes on two stools. Both of them got a noose around their neck, right? So one fool is trying to help the other fool get the noose off his neck, and the fool who's being helped got his foot on the other guy's stool about to kick it out from under him. And the quote said, be careful who you help. I got another one for you. There's a reason why when you board an airplane, the first thing they say in their little airplane safety spiel is secure your own mask first. Self-preservation. You're of no use to anybody else if you're dead, whether that be you literally died because you didn't put your own mask on first, or you suffer a spiritual, emotional, financial death, K, diminishment. We have got to learn that rule, women, self-preservation. That is a large part of body image. If I'm preserving myself, I ain't got time to judge my beer and two slices of pizza. Ooh, but I got time to rub this belly and be like, yeah, girl, that beer good down there with that pizza. (laughs) Okay? That's what I do have time for. And that's what I will make time for. And those are the things that I do try to do to reinforce and replace these other programs. You know, one of my favorite movies, this is probably not going to surprise you, but I actually just recently stumbled upon the whole of the movie. I never really saw it until last year. The Matrix. For the first time ever in my life, I actually watched The Matrix last year, 2013. 2014 now. Yep, 2013. I had to make sure we was in the right year, y'all. Whoa. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. I'm watching The Matrix, and I watched all three parts. All three. If you haven't watched them, get them. Watch them, fall asleep to the shit, wake up to it, keep it on replay, you know? So there's a part, and I think it's, oh, God, don't get me to lie. Yeah, it's probably the second one. It's the second Matrix, and the Oracle is talking with Neo. And the Oracle says to Neo that there are programs running other programs. And when the Oracle said that, I stopped the damn movie. I stopped the movie. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There was a DNA explosion immediately for me. And after I paused it, I sat there and I thought to myself, programs running other programs. And you know what I began to hear? I began to hear this song by Parliament. I'm going to play it. It's called Funkin' Teleki. And one of the things that they say in the song is, you've got to deprogram to reprogram. Deprogram to reprogram. 
And when the oracle said to Neo that there are programs running other programs, I understood in a whole different light what Parliament was saying to us. Deprogram to reprogram. Whatever the program is that's running you, deprogram and reprogram yourself with something different. So there was a program that ran me that said, you know, oh, your thighs are a little jiggly, you got baby knees. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I call it baby knees. That's what I call it. You know, when you got the little... Your thighs are a little thick and you got the little knee dimple. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to do that kind of shit to myself. I mean, I don't have the baby knees anymore, but that was one of my big things, you know. And so, um, you got baby knees, you got baby knees. And I started saying things like, your legs are so damn strong and sexy. Look at the muscle in your legs. Don't be worried about the size of them, baby. Look at all that muscle. When you just stand still, you can see your muscles flex. I started doing a little shit like that. So, oops, oh my, in the mirror, you know. Um, and that was a reprogram from a D program. So I'm going to play the song, and we'll be back in a flash. we got 13 minutes before we go into overtime. Um, call in 347-826-9930. You'll be able to continue the last hour of the show with us. Again, 347-826-9930. You can probably also call in on Skype. Um, we are angry.divas. And I did not call in on Skype, so I don't know if it matters, but you're more than free to try, okay? Um, so we're going to play the song, and we'll be back in a flash. It's like 10 minutes because, hello, it's Parliament, um, and we got 13 minutes before we go into overtime. Yo, this is Mood Yo. Control. Oh. And you might as well pay attention. Control. You can't afford free Someone Mood Control is designed to render funkable ideas brought to you by the makers of Mr. Prolong, better known as Urge Overkill, the pimping of the flame principle. Oh, but we'll be pecking lightly, like a woodpecker with a headache, cause it's cheaper to pump than it is to pay attention. You see, a pack of bucks, a lo and behold, one talking with smooth control. Deprogram, program, everything to like a woodpecker with a headache. The non-profit organization. of this particular article that I saw, but um, one of the other inspirations for this was an article, I'm going to put it in the chat room right now, and it was a do-it-yourself plastic surgery, and the woman ended up losing her limbs. 
as a result of trying to make her booty bigger. And this is why I said we've got to begin to look at ourselves as divine and start to privilege ourselves. You know, she had everything. She had a successful salon. She was doing well with her children, but she just needed to have that quote-unquote badonkadonk. And, you know, she ended up losing whatever booty she did have. And I think both arms and, if I'm not mistaken, both legs, parts of her legs. And, you know, it was just, it's absolutely abysmal what ended up happening with this DIY plastic surgery butt lift thing. Um, And I just, I know that a lot of the times the things that we want to change about ourselves is because someone teased us. Like I said, usually it's something that happened to you so far back in your past, you know, and now it's still governing your life. And I just, I wanted us to be cognitive of the ways that other people's comments have ruled our life and what it ends up doing. And I just didn't want the show to go into overtime before, um, you know, we could discuss that. So, like I said, if you wanted to call in um, to continue the show after we go into overtime, we've got nine minutes before overtime. That's 347-826-9930. Again, 347-826-9930. And, Commander, you tell your daughter that all the songs are like 18 minutes because Triple Dark likes them old school tunes. And it's not my fault that the tunes that, you know, came up from your mama and her sister and them age was, like, more than three minutes. You know, right now I'm pissed that I could buy a CD and the CD is over in, like, 20 minutes because all the songs are, like, five seconds. You know, it's ridiculous. I should be able to listen to this shit for hours. Um, yeah, it is. It's the old songs. It's because it's old songs and it's not my fault that Parliament and all that like to spin records 14 fucking minutes long. <laughs> This particular one is 10 minutes, and it's four minutes in while it's playing in the background. So, anyway, call in 347-826-9930. We will end up going into overtime, and the song is probably going to play us into overtime. And um, that's not going to be my fault because I've told you twice, three times, four times. 347-826-9930 to continue the last hour of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If that's your time with us for today, um, you know, we appreciate it. I might come back at 6 o'clock and do After Dark with Triple Dark. We will see how I feel up in this piece. Let's play, let's play the song back.
specially produced. It is responsive to your mood. You can score it any day on W-E-F-U-N-K. We Funk Ho!
Yeah, baby. It's the ang- Angry Divas. The triple dark dot dot. It's the Angry Divas Radio Show. The Angry Divas air live weekdays on blogtalkradio.com at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, check out our website. That's www.angrydivas.com. Angry Divas. Get it right. That's right. Be sure you check out our website. That's angrydivas.com. www.angrydivas.com. Dot com. Get it right, Lou. And this, yes, has been another Bitch House production. <laughs> I love doing this. We are going to go into overtime in about 30 seconds. Um, if you wanted to call on in, 347-826-9930 is the call-in number. And uh, we will go in uh, overtime, and that will be officially starting at 530. And we will be over at about 30-ish. Oh, she just said 10 seconds. Here it is. As I always say, if that's your time today, peace be your journey. Tune in tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio for Angry Divas Radio Show. All right. We've got Queenie Fama, our mama, on the line with us. Queenie Fama, I'm so glad you came through to build with me. Did you want to carry on into the overtime? Did you want to do this overtime hour? Or should I just come back with real after dark with triple dark, even though it's still light outside? (laughs) (laughs) Well, girl, you know I'm down for the talking, so... Whatever you want to do, I'm 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 working, though, while while I'm online here with you, though. Oh, that's wonderful. That's good, Queen. Go ahead. Get that good energy going. Yeah, you know I got to do it for my customers, my dear customers. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, I think what I will do is go ahead and bring the show to uh, a close. Um, You know, we could go into overtime and do the hour, but I think I'll bring it to a close open up After Dark okay. with Triple Dark, and, um, you know, we can come back in, play some good tunes, talk some good shit, okay? That's a six, right? Five my time, right? Yep, five your time, six mine. Well, girl, that's in 30 damn minutes. Shit. Well, girl, I might not even do it 30 minutes. I might just go ahead on and do it right now. As soon as we hang up, just start the next show. It says 30. It's, you said it started six, so that'll be five o'clock my time. And right now it's 431. Right, no, but Blog Talk got this thing where you can go live. You can go live right away. You don't even got to book the show. You can just hit live and go live right then and there. Oh, really? Girl, now you yep, know they, I, I knew because you know when I hear my show, they didn't have that kind of stuff. I know. They've upgraded it. I'm so glad they did that shit. Yeah. You know why? Because all of them book shows that we did last week when we went over and the bitch cut us out because we got so into the show that we forgot. I was like, oh, my God. She cut us out. I'm going to go live. I'm in the chat room. Like, don't leave. I'm going live in a few minutes. Just, like, give me 30 seconds and it should be live. <laughs> right, because we used to have to actually leave the chat room and open up another chat room. Right. Now you don't. Oh, Wow. You go, yeah, they've changed it up a lot. I know, right? They are doing it up for us. So I'm going to go ahead, bring this to a close, and get live. Give me about, about maybe a minute. It'll be a minute okay. before I'm back in it, okay? Okay. All right, we'll be back in a minute.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 